Let's talk about my underwear and your underwear, Dave. I'm wearing Mac Weldon. I'm wearing Mac Weldon, too. Not to brag, but I am bragging. Because Mac yeah. Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics and simple shopping. Now, not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform good. That's right. Well, they have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are antimicrobial. Naturally, that means they eliminate odor. Yeah, that's what I'm wearing right now is the silver underwear. But they're not like, it's not like a, it's not like astronaut pants. It's not not like astronaut pants. Really? Well, no, I don't, it's nothing like that. But it is in that it almost feels like it's from the future because they're so antimicrobial. Wow. No uh, microbes in the future. Zero. And they're the perfect, they are the underwear to wear to the gym and for life. Hmm. And everything in between. Here's the deal. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code HOMO at checkout. I love our shirts. We've got t-shirts. I love our shirts. I had mine on at a spin class this morning. Homophilia t-shirt at a spin class. Oh, wow. Uh, Some of the gayest I've ever been. But you're working out and you're uh, promoting at the same time. I'm evangelizing and I'm uh, aerobicizing. I'm doing all of it. This is, of course, our, uh, it's a, it's a crisp white with, uh, you know, fresh colored letters that just says homophilia. It's gorgeous. It speaks for itself. Gorgeous. You can get one or merch from any of your favorite podcasts, shirts, pins, hoodies, decals, mugs, posters, accessories, and more at Podswag. And uh, it's perfect for you or as a gift for a podcast-loving friend. Remember mm-hmm. that. That's right. If that friend is very, very small, that's fine. We got sizes to accommodate. If your friend is very, very not small, we got sizes to accommodate that. That's right. All of them. Pick one up today and shop the full collection at podswag.com slash homo. Uh-huh. Podswag.com slash homo. Dave, you're looking vulnerable today. I really am. But also brave. Thank you. Yeah, because that takes strength and bravery to Mm. be vulnerable. And to rise strong. To dare greatly. Yeah. To answer the call to courage. Um, Yes, I watched the Brene Brown thing on Netflix last night. Yes. It's sort of a TED Talk. It's sort of a stand-up special. It's sort of one of these things where you're like, maybe there are too many things on Netflix now. I... Have anger at Brene Brown, as you know. Okay, well, and it's unfounded, and I have not seen the Netflix special, and I fully own that. So, where does this anger come from? She, to me, is essentially somebody that if you work at a corporation, like when you do, when you have to go on like a like a shitty management retreat, she's the speaker that they hire, and they like make you buy her book, and then she does like her keynote. Yes, at the thing. Oh, that's the dream, though, right? And I've I've been forced into many of those situations, but I just think she's pulled one over on us again. Haven't seen the Netflix special, won't see it. Okay, I've seen. Yeah, I watched it because it was there, and I was just curious about it. I saw the original TED Talk, and I think that's worth watching. Mm. I think it's good. She's still she's she's young. She herself is more vulnerable. It's an interesting subject. It's she's not trying to be super charming and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like she's auditioning to have a show on the Oprah Winfrey Network. That's why I'm angry. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's worth looking into. I will say this: there is a whole thing where she talks about her first book, Daring Greatly, mm-hmm. and all of the shitty covers that that they went through before they. Uh, before they yeah. like, chose the one. And, 
you have to, I mean, all of those book cover designers were making themselves vulnerable by like giving, you know, like proposing some covers that were not to her liking. And she sure does shit on them. You know what I mean? Like in front of a live audience. Yeah. Like, look at this one. What is her point? uh, I guess just that you, trial and error. I don't know. Is the, um. Netflix special, are, is there any is there any moment where she's like, I want you to take out a pen and paper, even if you're watching at home, and you get to do no. an exercise or something? No. She just talks. She pretty much just talks. A lot of people in the audience do have pen and paper. They are, oh, they I are would definitely taking notes. Um, it's just, there's There are a lot of crowd shots. A lot of like America's Funniest Home Videos yeah. crowd shots, yeah. you know, um, where it's just white people nodding, you know? <laughs> Nodding in recognition. But I'm not nodding. I'm shaking my head no. Uh-huh. I say no to Brene. Wow. Also, what is that name, Brene? What is that name? What is that name? Um, I'm not I'm not a hater. I, I just I was curious. I have now satisfied my curiosity and I'm fine. Let's be honest. If I watch it, I'm gonna fall into it just like every other I don't know. Maybe you will. <laughs> try start with the TED Talk. Start with the TED Talk. P.S. On the Netflix tip, yeah. the Tim Robinson show. Oh yes. Uh, I think you should leave is so funny. I am, I embarrassed myself in my own home by how hard I was laughing. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Uh, absolutely cried laughing. Wow. It is really, really, really funny. And short. Every episode's like 15 minutes long. I love that. You're in, you're out. It's, uh, it is really, really funny. And I'm just going to say this. I may have said it on the, the podcast before. I find Tim Robinson very sexy. Sexy? Yes. What? Yes. Why? Because he's weird looking and confident and he makes me laugh. And I'm powerless I, to well, that. I, and I feel resentful of that. Because Why? what? Because he's not he's not empirically hot. No. But he's hot in a way that we bend our minds to believe for straight men. And oh, we don't, I don't really I don't think that we do that for other I don't know. Um I th- I think a gay person who looked like him would not have his confidence. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think a woman who looked like Kim would not have his, would be socialized to believe that she was not. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's just something about the force of the personality that works on me. Well, yeah, I look, can't explain it. Um, it. Makes me laugh. A lot of uh, poopy, farty stuff in this show. I will say it does go to farty, poopy, pee-pee a lot, <laughs> which I don't love. That is my least favorite kind of comedy. Right. It does go there a lot, but I, I forgive it because it is so weird and funny. Yeah, I don't love it either, even though it feels like this is kind of a scatological show almost because Faye farts so much oh, during the true. show, and I, I always have to acknowledge it. But yeah. I don't do that. I don't think it's funny, and I'm not trying to be cute. I'm right. trying to sort of diffuse the, the tension. In the, yeah, literally diffuse the situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, but that is my recommendation. I just loved it. Great. I can't wait to watch Anything else? more. <laughs> oh, why must you go there? Sorry. Um Anything else? I, I, I started watching special Ryan O'Connell show. I did too. Wait, is he Ryan O'Connor? Or you're Ryan? There's no. Ryan Connor. Ryan Connor's next to us right now. And, and Ryan O'Connell. Ryan O'Connell at the Pack Theater. But then there's oh, Ryan fuck. O'Connell. Ryan O'Connell's Who show. has been on the show. Uh, is delightful. It is. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very sweet. Also super short. Yes. I think I, I, that's a fun trend. Mm-hmm. I can get on board with that. Get me out. Um, You know, 
Also want to give a shout out to Jonathan Bradley Welch and David Crabb, who have a show called A Special Presentation I was on recently. Yes. And uh, they talk about old TV shows, and they are two uh, delightful, very funny gay writer-performer types. Uh-huh. And the the lighthearted, fun TV show I chose to talk about was The Leftovers. Ooh. So we have, like, a very depressing conversation about – like the nature you know, of the existence. end of the world and yeah. the nature of existence and all that stuff. And Justin Thoreau's package and all that stuff. Giant which, bouncing package. Yeah. So well, check God them bless. out. That's out now. That's out now. Excellent. Um, I was just on fake the nation. Oh yeah. Trying to sound like I know what the hell is going on in the world. I don't. Mm. I think that's out now. What did you talk about? Um, we talked about the Mueller report and we talked about, um, uh, whether women who have kids and run for president are judged differently than men who have kids and run for president. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff. Sure. Me and Nick Weiger, who's a delight. Great. And the, uh, and the wonderful Nagin Farzad. Tomorrow, today, by the time you hear this, folks, I will be going, I, listen, I don't want to brag, but I will be a guest on GSN's Caroline Ray and Friends. What? That's correct. It is a game show, I think. <laughs> it's think? it's Caroline it's Caroline Ray in pastels and then and me in in some outfit or another is sitting on a couch or a bar stool I believe uh, funny home videos are involved and you get points and maybe you win great and do you win what are the what what kind of prizes know. are we talking we don't, I don't know. know I, I truly don't know are you with a panel or is it a one on one I think I think it's me and someone else it'll be Caroline Ray and me and like a Mo Gaffney. I'm so there for this. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm spending my day in Van Nuys tomorrow. It's also shocking to me now I think about that there isn't just a Dave Holmes show on GSN. It's weird. There's a Joey Fatone. There's Caroline Ray. Seems obvious to me, but well. I think we'll they're intimidated to ask. That's probably If you're right. listening, GSN. Yeah, they assume I'm busy. That's he is busy, problem. but not too, too Listen, busy. I'll entertain an offer. But yeah, by this time tomorrow, I will have uh, recorded three episodes of Caroline Ray and Friends. Three episodes? They crank them out, my friend. You're doing a recurring role. Out, Yeah, three episodes out by lunch. You have an arc. I guess. Wow, I'm excited. It, yeah, so um, find out what that is on GSN. <laughs> um, and if you could tell me before tomorrow, that'd be great. We should tell people to just uh, stay alert to yes. the Provincetown Film Festival. Yes. And we will be there yes. again this year. We don't know exact dates and uh, details yet. No, we do but not. But if you're going to be there around June 15th-ish, ish, we will too. Uh-huh. We'll be doing another live show. Very excited. I won't get blackout this time. Well, or am I? Or am I? It's Provincetown. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited. Uh, we're also very excited for this week's guest. Yes. And what a time to get him. His yes. debut single is just out. The video was released this week. It's called uh, It's called Heal Me Now. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yes, we are talking I, about former boy bander former and boy bander. current uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Star of... Stage and screen, including uh, uh, Glee. Yeah. Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is Mick here <laughs> after the break.
Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Yeah, plus there's no minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also look at stock collections like 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Homophilia a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio, and you can sign up at homophilia.robinhood.com. We're back with Kevin McHale. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Real good. Thanks Real for having good. me. Of course. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Yeah, I like this place. I'm moving in. You should. Welcome. Take you the should. dog. You should. <laughs> you can have her. Um, Kevin, what, yeah. uh, what did you listen to on the way down? Um, I listened to the radio. Yes, okay. the radio, radio. The par- yes, the radio, which is I don't think anybody does anymore. Yeah, how do you? How do you I'm get the only it? one out of my entire friend group. Yeah. When I'm like, how do you not know the song? It's on the radio. Like, I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah. like, but then what? Do you, I like to know what's current. Yeah, what are the kids listening to? Well, uh-huh. not the radio. No, I guess no. that's they're not <laughs> listening to the radio. Even the the adults are not listening to the radio. No, no, just me. Wow, keeping it alive. What it's station? Basically, like a one person seat, like CB yeah. uh, walkie talkie yeah. between you and whoever the <laughs> me and me and Ryan Seacrest, I guess. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I listen to Kiss FM. Kiss I FM. Listen to wow. Amp. Oh, okay. I listen. Yeah, uh, Power One Hundred Six. Sure. I listen to a lot of satellite radio for uh-huh. the news. Great. But I've been trying to like, you know, have some diet news at this point. Absolutely. Give myself a break. Absolutely. Uh-huh. After the letdown of the Mueller report. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After the calm down. It. You got to ration it. I, that story's not over. Yeah, no, it's not. That's not right. No, no, no. I mean, as far as we know right now, right. but we can actually get, like, I don't need to listen to the speculative yeah. stuff anymore. Right. Like, let so, me know when we got the rest of it. So, AMP. What's on AMP? I, don't, I heard a new BTS song featuring Halsey. Ooh. Now, that's a combo I didn't think I'd ever hear. Me either. What it, is BT, oh, BTS? BTS is a, a gigantic like, K-pop group. Yeah. Right. Um, there are like eight of them, right? I'm sure. Yeah, at least. Okay. There's usually multiple dozen, mm-hmm. a couple dozen okay. of people in a K-pop Small group. Small armies. Okay. Yeah. I love a good K-pop group. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I've been listening to this um, singer I randomly found on Spotify called Milo. Uh-huh. He's like a... He's like this gay guy from Nashville, yeah, and has makes like amazing pop music. Oh. He acts in. I also I'm elderly and don't really know how to use Spotify, so I was like setting up my Spotify account a couple weeks ago, yeah, and it just popped up. I'm like, oh, this is one of those algorithms working. I'm like, yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, all so right. That's also what I've been listening to today. Okay, yeah, I I'm, I'm I I hear radio in Ubers and Lyfts. And yeah. that's kind of the only time yeah. I ever really hear the radio. Anymore. See, I wish I heard them in Ubers and Lyfts because normally it's, I feel like people are intentionally like, here's my playlist I made. I oh, hope yeah. you enjoy yeah. this. Yeah. Like the other day I got in and there was some like worship music and she was really just, she's like, is this fine? I'm like, yeah, whatever you need. And she was like singing some gospel. I'm like, great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, gospel is okay. If it's not, if it's the sneaky, like, pop, like, alt like the whole song. Dude. Yeah, okay. 
So all over town, there are those billboards for air radio. It's like one oh something something. Yeah. And there's like a girl, she's got big purple headphones on mm-hmm. and she's real jazzed about whatever it is she's listening to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see what this new mm-hmm. pop radio station is. And so I turned it on and it was very much like alt rock music that you would hear. And then it was like, we are cleansed by his blood mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, oh, yep. okay. I am. Yes. I got tricked into listening All to Christian All of a sudden rock. there's just a sneaky little, yeah. Jesus will save us. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneaky yeah. little fucker. Right? Yeah. That's why you get a Danny Goki. It's these like days. <laughs> it's like growing up and like, hey bro, nice to meet you. You wanna like we're like having a get together, like a little party on Wednesday night. Do you wanna come meet up and you show up and it's like a youth group? Yeah. You're like, I was oh. bamboozled. Yeah. I, my freshman year of college, like I, me and like my four very uh, fellow, like unfortunate dorky friends got invited out by the most attractive, like straight out of the pages of a magazine mm-hmm. group of upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, we they're always they super s- hot. They saw something in us. <laughs> and yeah, they were like a Christian cult. Yeah. Every that time I've joined. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> did you did you grow up religious at all? I grew up uh, Catholic. Mm-hmm. Was confirmed, uh-huh. as my friends say now. I was confirmed Faye because uh-huh. so, uh-huh. they're like, "What? You were confirmed?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't." Yeah. My parents just did it just because, you know, they thought they had to. Sure, but it's ended up now where one of my brothers has now has his PhD in evolutionary biology. Yeah, oh, and wow. so now we're all in the whole heathen team where he's gotten my parents over to the. It's like, guys, why don't we critically think about some of these things? So, no, I'm not really religious. Okay. I'm not religious anymore, no. Yeah. All right. And if are I your ever... parents not because you're No, they're can't... not. Wow. I think it would – they are from New England. They lived in Texas for a very long time. And I also think it was being around sort of the southern religious business, which is a whole different thing, more in your face and everything is – Yeah. Have a blessed day. Have a bl- my mom was just like, mm, okay, I'm over this. Yeah. Not everything has to. So it's been sort of a combination of those things. Uh-huh. What's your confirmation name? Patrick. Patrick. That's lovely. Oh That's yeah. A just, name. I have. I'm a McHale, so I'm like, oh, I yeah. don't go with St. Patrick. Sure. I love it. Not that I really know anything about St. Patrick. Talk I about the snakes. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. and we drink beer we on St. Patrick's Day. Mine's Nicholas because I wanted people to call me Nick. <laughs> when I was oh, 13. you choose your confirmation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It needs to be a saint. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I was like uh, Saint Nicholas because I want to live in the giving spirit of Saint Nicholas. Yeah. I just wanted people to call me Nick. Yeah. It didn't work. No, I, I was never Patrick. No, that's the way it goes. That's all right. I, oh, well. I was fine giving that one up. Yeah. So you don't even go to like the cool like Justin no. Bieber churches Mm-mm. with the cool sneaker. No, because I, I feel like I know. If anything, I like to know what I'm getting myself into. Sure. So if I'm showing up to church then I want to know it's going to be like church, not like the sneaky air radio thing that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not diet church, full no. church. Because I feel like they're tricking you yeah. into being like, we're cool, we're a cool mom. We're yeah, a cool yeah. church. We're yeah. ripped jeans. Yeah. We and, smoke weed. Mm-hmm. And then we also might say some anti-gay stuff. Every yeah, totally. You're like, what? Slip it in. Yeah. 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 Totally. What did you grow up listening to? What was your formative music? Oh, uh, you um, – just so much pop music. Yeah. Oh, what era? I, well, I'm the youngest of four. Um, my sister is 16 years older than me. She's okay. the oldest. So I sort of had uh, a wide breadth of music I was listening to. Because of her, I was listening to like TLC, Crazy Sexy Cool, oh, and Boys to Men. Great. And then on my brother's side, I knew like all the lyrics to like Green Day. 
the Dookie album, like sure. mm-hmm. things I shouldn't have, like singing Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. not knowing what it was about as a child, uh-huh. and just like, Under the Bridge! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't. No, and my parents didn't know. Like, right. He's not singing about heroin. Yeah. Like, I was just, you know, so... And then when I was a little older, there was like, oh, I like Britney Spears and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I tried mm-hmm. to fight it, but I, I just couldn't. Yeah, you got to give it. No, like one of my friends was like, have you heard of this group NSYNC? I'm like, Ugh, a boy band. Then he played it. I was like, oh, this is kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to learn all these dance moves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was obsessed. I had a straight up diet of MTV and VH1. That uh-huh. was it. Uh-huh. I would turn it on every TV in my house and I was alone. So no matter what room I went into. I could just watch music videos all day. Oh my God, what a life! Yeah, it was great. What a I life. loved it. Have you met any of them now? Um, in adulthood, I've met Britney Spears. Britney Spears was on an episode of Glee. Oh, oh right. That was strange. What time period are we talking for Br- Britney? Time period are we talking? Um, this was like comeback sort of. His head's already been shaved, and yes, he's and back. she's coming back, and it was just like a weird. Thing. I think she was very nervous. Sure. And then I don't think we really helped by making the set was very, like, you had to wear wristbands. Like, the crew had to wear, like, wristbands or something to get in to set that day. Oh. It was, like, very hush-hush. So it just made it seem weird. Like, yeah. nobody was talking on set, which was not. Yeah. We were a bunch of kids. So we were loud and rowdy all the time. And she was great, though. Like, she really wanted to, like, go for it and try some different takes and things. Like, she was cool. But it was just a weird environment. What a life. Yeah, it was what a weird life. It was very yeah. I felt I think it happens a lot where you sort of feel bad for the person when you see how many people are around them and it's like, do they want to be doing this? And I think I hope she had fun. I think she did. But you just never know when people are surrounded by that whole machine. Yeah. And also like when you she went through an extremely tough time and when you're in the public eye that yeah. amplifies it exponentially. And then all of a sudden you're sort of thrust back into the money-making machine that it is, at least from my perspective. It's yeah. like, does she still want to be doing this? Does she does need it? to be doing yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, she's still going through a tough time yeah. as we speak. Yeah. But thriving in whatever this facility is that she's staying in, yeah. but she is in a facility. But yeah. I think also, too, like she like said she was going to this facility or whatever where, I don't know, however long ago, say she was on Glee, like eight years ago, people weren't talking as openly about mental health and things like yeah. that. So now it's sort of, we have a better understanding of what that is, where it's not so stigmatized and the public's not as judgmental about like, I can't believe she's doing that. What does that mean? She's having a breakdown. And now it's yeah. like, oh no, let's support her. And she's been through a lot. So, yeah. but she's I don't- getting it, some rest. Yeah. Like good for her. Yeah. She deserves <laughs> the amount, any amount of rest she of needs course. to take. Yeah. Was there ever a Kevin McHale meltdown? The, the public eye- <laughs> No. Got to you? And no. I not at all. No. No. Not I, yet. I'm not successful enough for that. <laughs> so you're not gonna do a tour announcement where you just walk past the camera and that's the whole thing? I wish. I wish I yeah, I wish I could be at that place. Mm-hmm. Did you Oh yeah. That was mesmerizing. Did you catch it? Of course. Incredible. Yeah. It's poor, legendary. The poor uh food tasting guy from Ellen, like <laughs> trying to just make Something of nothing? like woo! Absolutely nothing. Yeah, really, literally nothing. Let's do the bare minimum today. Yeah. She walked down the stairs. She got in a car. Yeah. And then to, to promote a tour that now is not happening or yeah. uh, whatever. Yeah. Residency, it's not happening. 
God, poor Brittany. I'm sorry. Have you met any of the the NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I am friends with JC. Yeah? Randomly. Which I've finally gotten to the point where I'm not, like, weird in my head around him. Yeah. Like, I've been on vacation with him. Really? Like, and it's just now, after a couple years of, like, oh, okay, we're cool. We're actual, we're friends. Yeah. Like, this is fine. How did this friendship come to be? We have a mutual friend. And I think my friend's his manager. Okay. And so we've, like, we, you know, we go to dinner sometimes. And we took, like, a couple, now it's been, like, a couple of New Year's trips. So now it's, like, a real thing. And he's the nicest person on the face of the earth. Yeah. I think I've met Joey. I've met Lance. I met Justin once. It was very embarrassing. Not proud of it. <laughs> it was one of those, like, everything you shouldn't do when you meet someone you grew up idolizing. <laughs> uh-huh. It was like at the SAG Awards. I think we had just won, so we were all like yeah, feeling yeah. ourselves. It was like 20 years old. I'm like, how did we get here? And then he's at the table next to us. And I'm like, I love you. The reason I do what I do is because of you sort of thing. And he's like, who the hell are you? He didn't say that, but you could yeah. see it on, Like we all attacked him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, this is not the way to do it. I should have just said nice to meet you and moved but on. I mean, how can you resist? Uh, yeah. And I also like just, just did it. not care. Right. It's like, whatever. Right. I'm, who knows if I'm ever going to be in this room again with all of these people. So, God. yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to be so unabashedly horrible to mm-hmm. everyone and talk to everyone I want to talk to. And you too were in a boy band. Yeah. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us everything. Um, so, I was in a boy band. <laughs> in between the Backstreet and Sync eras. Yeah. And the One Direction thing. Like, in that space of time where nobody was... Looking for a boy band. However, there's a, a segment of the population that's always looking for a boy right. band. Right. There was a vacuum to be filled. It, yeah. And we filled it, and it was a very small population. Yeah. Because we met them all. There's about 50 of them <laughs> yeah. all around the world. Yeah. Um, very nice. And it still happens every now and then when people are like, I think they're coming up to me from Glee or something. They're like, oh, I was the biggest NLT fan. It's like, you and my brothers and sister. Yeah. That's about it. How did you and the other members meet each other? We were put together. Okay. Um, by a manager. Not you shall not be named. No. Manager who no, but from Grace. <laughs> we got put together by B2K's manager, Chris Stokes, which also did not end up having a great reputation yeah. at the end of that either. And they never do. No, and we're like, we need to probably get out of this contract. And then Glee happened. I was like, all right, well. Oh, so Bye. Glee was the reason that the, the boy band... Just, yes and they, no. It was also... Did I just put people on blast? Please? It was also like one of the other guys in the group. So Glee was happening, but my mm-hmm. intention was to... I was like, well, this will only be great for the boy band. Yeah. Like, if the pilot also was like, it was just a pilot. Pilots often don't get picked up. Right. So we had no idea. And I was like, it's a musical. Those things just don't ever work out. So my intention was to keep it going. And then... Times were tough financially for all of us in the group. And one of the guys went and got a solo deal behind our backs. And he's like, well, I can still do this after we're like, what? Who does? We haven't even had an album out. (laughs) You've already done this. Like, what? Who was it? Yeah, what was his name? Is, is this is this solo career thriving? Yeah. No, it's no. I don't. Okay. I think it's non-existent. Yeah. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. Did he star on a major network television show no. for multiple years. No. no he did. Oh, no. Well. I'm still Look friends. Like the rest of us are really good friends. One of them is my roommate. He's lived with me for six years. Yeah. The other guy I talked all the time. Like, so I run into that guy every now and then because it's like at this point I don't care. 
at the time it was like the end of the world. Sure. Right. I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. I was also dead broke. And that's like, luckily, like the month I filmed the Glee pilot, I had to borrow money from my manager and from my brother to pay my rent. Wow. So like, I get it. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. We and were also that... 19, 20 at the time. So it's like, you're shitheads. Right. And were you broke because the manager was screwing you over? Um, in hindsight, I think, yes, I uh-huh. think that was happening a little bit and we didn't realize it. Um, but mostly it was just, we had made enough money from like an advance and like back then when record labels would give you like a good advance. So I lived off of that for a while mm-hmm. and then it was just running out. Like yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Tapped it out. Goes. Yeah. What was it like? Like, so did, were you locked in a warehouse learning choreography for months at a time? <laughs> no, it, no, it was. I mean, we did have dance rehearsals a lot, but yeah. it wasn't. It was enjoyable. Like, we had a great time doing it. We went on tours. Some of them were not so glamorous and rough, and like a one eight hundred Cruise America RV. Yeah. In Philly, when it's like thirty degrees outside. Um. So, but those things are all sort of wonderful and great training and prep for like what eventually came with glee and everything so i mean yeah we were not tortured it was not, none of the none of it was like that right i think sort of the business stuff behind the scenes that we didn't know about was probably not ideal uh-huh. but like if it's not affecting you we're like oh we didn't know until years later that we didn't have money to fill up our tour bus and like our wow. tour manager was having to like use her own money to, oh my god yeah god. yeah wow yeah. Can you talk me through the fashion of NLT? <laughs> Wait, what year? What year is this? No, you don't Dana. need, you don't need. Please. Oh, my God. It was not the greatest. It was that, It was like 2006. Um, okay. No man's land. Of some people were wearing oversized jerseys. Some people, like, I'm also five foot nothing. Nothing fits me. And we would just be wearing these, like, baggy jeans or leather jackets. It's like. Everything just looked like I was wearing my father's clothing because it was swimming in it. Yeah. And I had full on, you don't need oh, to do that. See, yeah. <laughs> show us, show us. Don't show them the pictures. Please. <laughs> full on Justin Bieber hair, pre-Justin Bieber. Oh, Kevin. Let's see. We got oh, oh, look at these it. sweet babies. Yeah. Look uh-huh. at you. See, those clothes actually fit because like that was for a music video. So but, we and, had fittings and things. And this was a boy oh. band in the truest sense. Oh. These are boys. Like yes. you were very and we young. we danced <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And were, were you like, what was your relationship with your own sexuality at this time? Oh, this was, towards the end of it is, because I, at that point, full on into girls. And there's always that part of me of like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just a hmm. I also sort of like boys, but I don't know how to reconcile that. Not sure what's up there. Okay. But like full on was very into girls, hooked up with girls, dated girls. And then it was towards the end of this group. I was living with one of the guys and I moved. We lived in an apartment complex. It was my first time living alone. And my parents had just moved back to Texas. And there, I met, we met this boy at the apartment complex. And it was like immediate, the first time ever in my life that I had some other, like it wasn't just like a sexual attraction. I was like, what is this? This is a male. I have butterfly feelings. And then that I ended up dating that guy for eight years. Eight so, years. Yeah. So that was like, it ended up being a very, and I was very upfront about it with my roommate. I was like, you need to talk to him. Who is that? He has an accent. <laughs> like, yeah. where is he from? We're going to do a we, deep dive on him after the And then we the befriended him. And 
yeah, I was just like, that guy's hot. I'm obsessed with that guy. And I didn't like, for some reason, I think normally I would have tried to censor myself. And for some reason, my friend, in front of my friend V, I did, did not care. Right. I was like, I'm just going to. And then I go flipping through a magazine. I'm like, that guy's really hot. And he's like, he would just like laugh and sort of like shake his head. Because also V was just like the chillest. I think it was probably one of those things too, like the chillest, most non-judgmental person. And like hooked me up and like wingmanned me and talked to wow. Marco. The- In my mind, this is all <laughs> happening at the Burbank Oakwoods. That's exactly <laughs> is it. No, 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 absolutely not. It was in Santa Clarita. It was okay. in Valencia. Okay. Uh, okay yeah. Okay. Wow. Is that where you got shot? No, no, but I sort of grew up there. When I moved here from Texas, okay. we moved there because uh, one of my friends that was in NLT, his family lived up there, and it was more like suburban, sort of more similar to why I grew up in Texas. So my yeah. parents wanted to move there. Did you move here to pursue a career in the um, arts? It was part of it, part of the incentive, and it was also my parents wanted to get the hell out of Texas. Right. And I'm, all the other kids were grown up and moved on, and so they could. And it was sort of, I had been coming out here a couple months at a time to try out acting. It was going okay. I got in the boy band. And so it was just sort of like, I can move here and go to high school. And then if I want, could also do this, which helps. So there wasn't the pressure of, we're going out to California for a couple months. Like, I hope I book something, which they never did anyway. They were like, my mom was sort of the anti-stage mom. Yeah. She's like, are you sure you want to go on this audition? I'm like, yes, drive me. She's like, okay. Just so much traffic. I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah. We're so, in Valencia, of course, it's going to suck. Yeah. yeah. So it was sort of nice because then I could do all these extracurricular things that I would never have been able to do in Texas. Right. And then have a normal high school life. Yeah. And you, you didn't have the like crushing pressure that then ultimately leads to addiction and all, yeah. all sorts of other things. Yeah. And I think because I did move out here so early and I was around sort of that, yeah. as we called we called it baby Hollywood, uh-huh. where you did see some of these like working kids oh is the dog just a, yeah. just a little, little vomit yes. i get it just a chunk i have dog. the worst acid reflux always um where we would see that we were surrounded by these kids who were like making lots of money at a very young age and we go to like their house parties and we're like what the hell yeah. is happening get us out of here yeah like it, what was happening well they would just be like doing like drugs i which i didn't realize because yeah. i was just so naive and or just like super drunk and i was like a goody two-shoes like 16 i'm like oh my god they're drinking yeah which if if i stayed in texas probably would have been the exact same thing yeah it was like these kids just had money to do it right but like we were going out to clubs all the time which was really wild at what because like a 16 17 like we were being snuck into all the clubs in hollywood which i I was talking with my friend the other day which i realized doesn't happen anymore because of social media so there's not really, like, we would go out and just see everyone under the sun. Sure. Like, every cool, quote, unquote, famous person, you know, like, out all the time. And I don't know what my parents thought I was doing, now that I think about it. Because they surely wouldn't have let, <laughs> let me do that if they knew. And then, like, Lindsay Lohan got caught uh-huh. going right. to clubs. It was, like, that time underage. And they started putting, like, sheriffs outside the door. Right. And then social media happened eventually. And so people just, like, don't really go out. Right. But what do, would go on? I'm sorry. Are, I, are there clubs now where you can go and see a lot of famous people? No. I genuinely don't know. No. I, it doesn't I exist, don't think right? so. Not in L.A., no. no. Yeah. It's I, vicious what, out there. It's a fishbowl. So it's just like people don't want to. Because right. before it would be wild. Yeah. And we all just want to stay home. Yeah. Including I, famous people. I, yeah. Just stay home. I need to go out. Right. Every now a couple of months someone convinces me to go out. I'm like, ah. 
I really would have just been happy on my couch yeah, watching like Killing Eve or something. <laughs> Are you caught up? <laughs> yes. I watched it last night. Um, when, when was your last big night out in L.A.? I mean, I actually did go out a couple weeks ago, which is why I was like, ah, this isn't for me. <laughs> Where'd you go? I went to, what's it called? Um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the club, but they have like a gay night called Evita. I'm asking as yeah. if I know any of yeah, I, um, the Yeah, I forgot faces. the name. But it used to be called, like, when I was, like, 17, it was this club called Area. But it's been, like, three or four different clubs since. Sure. This is in Hollywood, Hollywood yeah, like, not in, like, in no. the Hollywood Vine area. Yeah, it's like um, La Cienega and something. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know. Nightingale. That's what it's called. Hmm. Had never been there before. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was fine. You know. Yeah. Everything closes, like, at 1.30. And you're like, all right. It's a decent hour. I'll go home to bed now. <laughs> yeah. And did you turn up? Were you get, getting lots of drinks and doing the whole thing? I, I think it was one of those things where I, because it was sort of like, is this fun? And I was just drinking. And then you wake up the next day, you're like, why? Yeah. Why did I do that? Because it was not actually worth any of it. No. It was just like a weird. Never is. Yeah. I did have my friend Sam come meet up with me, though, so that was good. Sam, do you know Sam Griezmann? Yeah. He yes. was just on the show for oh, weeks. Oh, great. Yes, he came and met up with me, which was wonderful. Yeah. Then I was just like, go talk to that guy. Go talk to that guy. Yeah. He'll turn your night around. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> he really did. I Yeah, it's it's no fun going out in L.A. It just isn't. It's Sorry. so douchey. It's pretty It's douchey. so douchey. Did yeah. you know that Dave Holmes' favorite thing to do on a Friday is to go to a – I hope it's okay to – Please. putting this out there – is to Please. go to the Whole Foods – and, you know, it's like the nicer Whole Foods have, oh, yeah. like, a full restaurant and yes. bar in the front. Yeah. And just, like, let people will get food and then yeah. drinks, and that that's where they have, like, a night out. That's See, I didn't, know that was a, I didn't know that was a thing until yeah. I went to this new fancy Whole Foods by my house. And I was – I think it was probably, like, a Friday night and I was grocery shopping, <laughs> uh-huh. which I do every couple of months. And then I saw that whole section. I was like, well, this doesn't look terrible. Yeah. yeah. Then I was like, wait, what am I doing? It's a Whole Foods. It's a Whole Foods. It's a bar in it's a like grocery a, it store. It looks like a sports bar. It is, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's sports on the TV. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, it's where like my little my group of six or eight friends every week will meet there on a Friday night real early, like <laughs> five o'clock early. Get something from the hot bar. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can go get your six pack of you know whatever, and yep. it, and it's 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 perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, that does not sound perfect. And by the way, that's the kind of food I would rather eat. That kind of food and drink those. Kind of, I'm sure they're offering you like gluten free IPAs, it's like kombucha sure. beer. Like yes, <laughs> absolutely. There's I'd a different uh, brewery in there every Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's a good setup. And then you're home by eight. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm making fun of you, but in fact, I'm actually celebrating you. Yeah, no, I, I get he's it. just jealous. I yeah. get it. I understand. I understand them both. Uh, you see, so you're the way youngest in your family. Yes, by like seven years. Is anybody else artsy? Does anyone else perform? Um, my sister tried it. It was not for her. She yeah. moved out here when she was like 19. Um, ended up working on The Tonight Show behind yeah. the scenes. And then eventually moved back to Texas to have kids and became an agent. And then realized that's what she was very good at. Sort like of like in Texas, yeah. Oh. Sort of like Jeremy Piven in Entourage style, where she's yeah. crazy, but oh, she's great. very good at her job. And so she just recently went back because now her kids have gotten older. She's like, I'll just go back part time. They've already like bumped her up to full time because wow. she's killing it. Is That's she great. kind of a shark? Oh yeah. Wow. And and she also knows sort of the L.A. side of it because she lived out here for a long time, has sort of been through it with me, and so she has a lot of connections out here. Sort of 
knows how to like prep. She runs like the kids division. And so she, if the parents want to come out to LA, she can sort of like prep them and make sure they're not crazy mm-hmm. because you can come out here and get caught up in that weird, everyone living at Oakwood sort of yeah. craziness. And because she has done it and seen it with me that she, she knows the deal. Have you ever seen the Oakwood documentary? The, how- There's a documentary. Oh my I God. haven't. Kevin. So my sister now met her now ex-husband, who's the best, but they met at the Oakwood. He was managing it back when she was 20 years old or something. I was four years old. Oh, wow. So we used to come out here all the time and stay at the Oakwood. And so that's why when I came out here as a teen, I would avoid it at all costs because we already like knew the deal. She, you, the add, you have to see it and you have to share it with her. I don't think that the Cokewoods exist anymore. I think they've no, changed, yeah, they the changed it. No, yeah, they changed it. Yeah. End of an it, era. Can you find the name of that documentary? It's called yes. Hollywood I Babies can't or Hollywood a documentary about it. It is bone chilling. I'm sure. That oh, place was terrifying. What's it called? The Hollywood Complex. The Hollywood Complex. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Find it. Yes. Get at it. 2011. This weekend. And uh, there's an especially. Uh, mortifying cameo by the girl who played Pippi Longstocking. Oh. You're probably too young to remember the no, Pippi no, Longstocking I know you're talking movie about. from, yeah. Yeah. And she's still kind of hustling something. Maybe it's like a children's management company or mm. something, but just nothing going on behind uh, the eyes. And that place is, uh, yeah. It's yeah. a horror film. I had <laughs> spent a lot of my young life there. Yeah. And it was always horrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to collect ourselves yeah. and uh, we'll be right back with Kevin McHale well the 10th annual national abortion access bolathon is here. Yes, the National Network of Abortion Funds hosted Bolathon is the largest annual grassroots abortion access fundraiser in the US, and every April supporters like you help fill the budgets of local abortion funds across the country in an awesome display of collective power. Mm-hmm. I mean, over 50 funds, over 60 events across the US. They are raising 2 million for people who need abortions and cannot get them due to cost, legal, geographical barriers, and uh, and stigma. Teams like Fund Abortion Meow, Doggos for Abortion Access, Gay Witches for Abortion, Cultural Cliteracy, and Thoughts and Spares are bringing the fun to fundraising. As abortion gets harder to access every day, do your part to make abortion a logistically possible option, not just a theoretically legal choice. Because we're all in this together. So join your local event at bolathon.nnaf.org and follow the conversation on social media at hashtag bowl19. It's bolathon.nnaf.org. Yes, I love it. I truly like legit still love it. That's why I don't know half the shit that's on like Spotify and all because it's like, oh, it's all about streaming these days. I know nothing about it. I will say that like what they play on the radio versus what the top 50 is for Mm -hmm. Spotify can be like very different. It's like Mm -hmm. what's streaming is like a completely different thing where I'm like, I heard this on the radio. Wow. I want to release control sometimes. I'm like, you tell me what to listen to. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I want to pick this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm driving. I can't pick a playlist right now. It's also like nostalgic, Mm -hmm. I think. I feel like, I don't know. Um, I like hearing the same five songs on loop. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Are we we back, by the way, or are we not back? I don't know if we're back. We can can be back. back. (laughs) You know what radio station I do listen to sometimes is 94.7. 
Do you know it? Is that what is, is that the wave? Yes. Yes. Wave. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, and that's where you're going to hear some like just easy R and B. Yeah. Patty Labelle mm-hmm. is always there. That's great. That's my kind of FM yeah. radio, and that used to be when I in my online dating days. That was my go-to profile name. Would be ninety-four point seven, and then underneath I would write the wave, oh. and it was just a test to see if anyone had great taste in music. Yeah, and no one ever got it. <laughs> no. Never met the Anita Baker fan. Everyone of was always dreams. like, "What's ninety-four point seven mean? Like, is that a measurement?" Of I was like, <laughs> "What could that mean?" That's my internal chilling temperature. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> so you, you mentioned a, a long-term, uh, relationship yes. all throughout your, uh, yeah. Wow. But, well, yeah. Seven and a half years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You okay. met when you were in the boy band, yeah. stayed together all through Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what happened? And then it was one of those things where we had always talked about, like, we'll probably break up someday because it's unlikely that we'll stay together forever. Like, that seems we were very open to like talking about that kind of stuff. And then it, we had an open relationship um physically. And so it got to the point where I was like, you know, I would like to maybe not have to like explain to somebody. Huh. By the way, this can only be like physical, got a boyfriend and that whole thing where I'm like, I don't even know if I want to be with anybody else or date anybody else. I just, I want to have the option mm-hmm. to do that because at this point I was 28. Wow. Yeah, yeah, 28, 27, 28. And I'm like, I've only ever dated, been romantic with one person. And I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I'm like, I didn't know how to, I was sort of like ruminating in the back of my mind for a long time. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I need to do. And then it started coming up where I'd meet a couple people and be like, see, this would be a nice opportunity to like go on some casual dates, but I won't do that to somebody because I'm not about to like lead them on. Right. Yeah. Bring, like go down a path that I can't actually follow up on. So then it was sort of that where I was like, I think this is what needs to happen. How? And it was very undramatic, you know, because like. I looked out and he's like the nicest, most enlightened human being where there was like a 30 minute dramatic period. Yeah. Wow. And then a conscious uncoupling. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I'm like, this is what Gwyneth meant. Or yeah. It was like sort of very, he's like, no, I get it. He's like, obviously this sucks and it's horrible, but like I would never not want you or I would never want you to stop me from following what I actually wanted to do. And we we're still best friends. We talk every single day. To this day. hmm and he has a new boyfriend, and he'll call me to, like, ask for advice, and I, like, help him through it. Wow. Yeah. And we talked earlier today. This is the most conscious of uncoupling. Yeah. Like, we – I think it was just because – for example, like, because we had an open relationship, which I never even imagined was – I didn't even think – know that was a thing, I think, at the time when we got together. We've always been very, very honest with each other. And, it, like, when we got together, we're like, we need to be together because, like, I'm obsessed with you and don't want to be with anybody else. But I'm also, like, 21 and haven't, like, hooked up with that many people. And sort of had the foresight to be, like, I don't want to end up resenting you yeah. in a couple of years. Purely because I haven't had, like, a sexual experience with somebody else. Right. That seems, like, cheap. And so we sort of, like, worked through that to figure out what worked for us. And neither of us had ever been in a relationship. And definitely hadn't been in a relationship with 
a guy. Wow. So we were like, we each had sort of, you know, young, cutesy relationships with girls. Yeah. But this was like a, a serious thing. And we're like, we just know that we want to be together and need to be together and not sure how to make it work. And we just did that. And I think because we built sort of this understanding with one another from get go that when it came time to sort of separate, it was much easier. Mm. It still sucked. And it was very difficult because you don't want to like disappoint the other person, let the other person down. And you know, you're hurting the person that you love more than anything else in the world, but you're like, this is what needs to happen. And I don't want to, if I know I'm not 100% in this, then it's not fair to you. So I got to do this regardless of how much it sucks. And so we did. And how long have you been out, out of the relationship? Almost three years. Oh, wow. I did. No, I sort of did the um, most cliche things possible very quickly, where it's like, don't get out of a long term relationship into another one. Nailed it. Oh, wow. Like, you're working and you start dating someone you're working with. Nailed it. So, like, I started. Like I, all those, you made yeah. all the mistakes you hadn't gotten to make. Before. Yeah, and like so far so good, they've like worked out. But I was like, I and I didn't necessarily want to immediately get into another relationship, but it happened, and I did, and it's been great. Are you you're in one now? Yeah, yeah. And this was and this was the one that you were just referring to. You came out of your other one, and you got yeah. And, wow. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a few years. Yeah, it was not a long period between the two. <laughs> Maybe Very you didn't need a long period. Yeah, I, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> is this one open as well? No. No. All right. Not. Okay. Yeah. And Tr- is that a, monogamy? That's a reaction <laughs> to the fact that being an open relationship did not work for you? No, I think open relationship I think it did work. I think they're completely possible. This one different personalities, you know? Different people and you both have to be on the same page about it. Mm. So, I don't know if my current boyfriend, Austin, was as keen to be in an open relationship. God. <laughs> we need to interview him. <laughs> well, it's also it. like, I don't know if I would want to be in an open open relationship with him either. I don't know why, but it's like, this makes more sense to not be. Right. Were you Can't not why. driven wild with jealousy at any point when you were in one? Oh, I Especially totally was. being in your 20s. Yes, I sucked at it for a long time. I forget that now because by the end, we had like such a great system. But I what was the system. This is well, you have to learn what I've given this advice to a lot of people now, but you have to learn what works for you because the both of you aren't necessarily going to want the same things or know the same things. So like for me, let's say if he was going to hook up with somebody like I needed to know every detail. I wanted to know everything that happened. But on the flip side of it, he didn't care at all. Didn't give a shit. I was like, oh, I hooked up with this person. He's like, okay, cool. I'm like, you don't want to know anything? He's like, no. So we had to learn that he knew he needed to give me a certain amount of detail. And I knew what he didn't need to know sort of thing. And like learning that balance of, because he would like, let's say, hook up with somebody and then just be like, oh, I did this. And then go dark. I'm like, wait a minute, bitch. Like, (laughs) I need to know. And so that took a minute to, and it wasn't because of, oh, I don't trust you or I don't. It's just that weird thing of. It like showed itself as jealousy, but it was, I think I was just more upset that maybe somebody that I didn't know knew more about something that he did with my boyfriend at the time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, yes. Yes. Or like he had an up, one up on me. I was like, no. Yeah. Like this is my other half. I need to know exactly what. 
I have no idea why. It just, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Were there uh, people who were off limits? Was it like you can't hook up with someone that I've hooked up with or you're not allowed to hook up with someone that that we know socially? No, there was no sort of boundary. Mm -mm. I think, I'm trying to think if there, no, I don't, yeah, I don't think there were any off limits. We would just talk about it. Wow, love it. Yeah, you talk were through a it. Very evolved twenty something. I had no idea. Like we literally were going in blind, had no idea what we were doing. Right. Um, okay, so going back when you you you're meeting him and coming out kind of happened at the same time. Sort of, but I never really had a like coming out coming out sort of thing. Like I had. Yeah, it was sort of like a slow trickle mm-hmm. <laughs> is sort of how it happened. It was like event by event where like, oh, the first time I hooked up with a guy, I was like, oh, I liked that. And that was it. Yeah. Like there wasn't some like the skies opened up like, oh, my God, I now have to tell everybody, right. change my life sort of thing. I was like, OK, I was suspecting I was going to like that. I did. And But you weren't keeping it a secret per se. You just weren't. Um, no, I was definitely keeping it a secret. Like, personally, I didn't have any conflict with it. But for some reason, I guess maybe I was because I was keeping it a secret. But I think it was because I had built in this whole thing of, well, I want to be in the entertainment industry. And I just assumed that, oh, I couldn't do both. Right. And at the time, because I was young, it seemed kind of fun to have, like, this whole secret thing, which maybe wasn't the healthiest thing. But it didn't really bother me. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, I was like, oh, what am I doing? I don't need to, these things can be one. I don't need to like have this whole like secret personal life. And it wasn't like I was having a secret personal life. And because I was keeping it secret, I was doing a bunch of horrible things, you know, in reaction to that. It was very calm and not fun. (laughs) You know, like it was like not that exciting. And it was also during a time where you could be really out personally. Yeah. And and it would still not make TMZ. Totally. Yeah. Well, and it was sort of, I mean, Glee happened right around there. And like some of the Glee people knew immediately, but some the ones I was really close to in the beginning and then some didn't, but I don't know why I necessarily kept it from people. And I think I was also like nervous about the show sort of blew up out of nowhere. And then I just never thought that that factored into, let's say like the publicness of it all where I was like people don't need to know that that's not their business it's like why do I have to tell them that right like I'm very happy and it's also I'm in a relationship with somebody who's definitely not going to want that out publicly so it's like I should probably keep that to myself right then at some point it's like oh well what's the point (laughs) yeah yeah so it's not just made it difficult if anything I just got annoyed that I somehow had built up this weird imaginary wall of keeping this life separate and this other life more public. But I'm also not somebody to think that anyone would give a shit publicly about what I'm doing. I'm like, who cares, first of all? I'm like, this isn't interesting news or whatever. Maybe it would have been more back then during the Glee days. But especially now, I was like, nobody gives a shit. Who cares? But it got to the point where I was like, well, now I'm sort of old. And how do you rectify this situation? Where I'm like, I don't need to release like some statement being like, hey, everyone, here's the deal. And so at some point when I made like the decision of like, I need to stop sort of hiding this, 
I just want it to be real, let's say like social media or whatever it is, how I talk to my friends or whatever. And then eventually, because that's what people should do. Like you are just you. And then I wasn't going to make like some statement and eventually it somehow trickled out. Right. Yeah. I've been bad at this. I like I like I said. Like I'm just sort of making it up as I go along. Right. But you can use this this <laughs> podcast as a way to just put an exclamation point on yeah. it, just in case. Yeah. Just in case anybody it. has any doubt. Yeah. Like I don't. I think it's also because I was very fortunate growing up, where I didn't have any sort of resistance to that. Where I had very open-minded parents. Where my dad was always very vocal. Like the sort of. I also thought he was like a and like a gangster and probably killed a man before. But at the same time, we would like grow up, like growing up, we'd be watching like 2020. There'd be some story about a transgender person um, and he would be crying. And be like, those people are just so brave. He's like, you have to have so much respect for those people. So I grew up in that sort of home where everything was respected. You treat everybody a certain kind of way. And so I never felt like the shame yeah. and I need to keep this from everyone. And also, like, my siblings were just like, like we know. Right. And, <laughs> and we don't give a shit. So that was it. So I didn't have this built in, like, I don't know how to, like, come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, you do you make a public statement, and then the story becomes Kevin McHale came out two years ago. Right. That, you know, but yeah. no, you've been out. Yeah. And it was like I tweeted something about a song. <laughs> People were like, oh, he's coming out. I was like, well... I'm like, maybe you just haven't been paying attention. Like, I don't, I don't know what, sure. Yeah. I made a gay joke about myself. Like, it felt sort of weird and some like weird heteronormative bullshit of like, you, you're really like jumping onto this when this isn't a thing. Yeah. What was the tweet in the song? It was Ariana Grande put a new song and I was like, this song is gayer than me. Yeah. Because uh, it was like a 90s sort of like house beat, you know, and I was like this, I'm like, it's great. And then I just felt rude because it was a really nice song about alluding to what happened in Manchester. And then sort of turned into this, you know, a small population who saw the whole yeah. thing involving me. Um, I was like, don't cheapen this song by involving like <laughs> me not ha really coming out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, don't like leave Ariana alone. <laughs> Luckily, hopefully she never saw it. Are you going to see her at Coachella? No, I'm not going to Coachella. Good. Yeah. Good call. Have I went. Been? I went once, and I don't think festivals are my thing. It's it's too much. Like theoretically, like sure that would be fun, and then you get there and it's hot and everybody's like super high, and I'm like I'm not doing any drugs. I'm like I don't want to drink for twenty hours in the sun. Yeah, like that sounds like a nightmare. Like being in this field in the middle yeah, of the no, desert. Yeah. Like I don't know, and I got. I met up with some friends and they're like, we got to go see Martin Garrix and like the Sahara tent. And then it's like at nighttime and you're all packed in. Everybody's like rolling off their minds. Everyone's sweating. Somebody's eating garlic fries too close to you. And like, this is my nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awful. Like really terrible. I almost got in a fight with somebody. I'm a very calm guy. Never had a fight in my life. And it was like that sort of thing. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Terrible. And yeah. now they live stream it. Yeah, which is great. And it's good. The quality is yes, really good. Yes, sit in the good. comfort of my air-conditioned mm -hmm. home yes. and watch Beyonce. Yep. You could go uh, see some friends at the Oakwoods and, uh, <laughs> and watch the live stream. You can uh, ask your friendly neighborhood bartender at Whole Foods to yes. yeah. Yeah, switch the TV. The yeah. Uh, Janelle Monae is on. That's all we're doing all weekend yeah. long, by the way. 
I mean, yeah, for me, it's it's a it's a drugs mandatory experience, and my body can't handle right. those. Yeah, kinds of drugs. Anymore, I didn't realize so that. I'm not going to do it. I I was like, oh, I'm too sober for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't. This isn't for me, is it? <laughs> oh well, it's a good thing to know about yourself. It is, and I even went the bougie way where we, my roommate and I accidentally like bought artist passes off of Craigslist. <laughs> For like artist passes like, off of Craigslist, yeah, which you're not supposed to do, so I'm not going to say how we got them. But like somebody sold them that wasn't supposed to be selling them, and we thought it was going to be fake. We got them the day of. We were like, "Let's go out there and see what happens." And you park right behind the stage, scanned our little wristbands, walked right in. Wow! And you can yeah. hang out in the artist area, and we're like, "Whoa!" Okay, we'll screw all our friends who spent thousands of dollars on yes, VIP sorry, tickets because we got these for a couple hundred bucks. Holy wow! Shit. Okay, so who did you meet? Like to get the passes? No, like oh. who did you in backstage and <laughs> no, uh, nobody actually didn't meet anybody, but that was fine because I would go back there. We met with some other friends who had like general admission tickets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm gonna go back and grab some water and just disappear for two hours to like sit behind the stage because the music's not blasting you, so it's quiet mm. and you can find some shade. And so I would just like sit down in the grass for a while to like calm down <laughs> and and not get your picture taken. Yeah. Well, nobody was trying to take their picture of me anyway. It was weekend two, you know? Okay. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only way I would ever do it again is weekend two. Yeah. And artist passes. Like, I'm spoiled now. Once you know it, you can't, you can't go back. Only way. Are you and Austin yes. cohabitating? I mean, no, basically, but no. You still have your own places, yeah. but you're together all the time. Every night. Yeah. And you still have a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> From NLT. Yeah. Which is great because he's, like, also very talented, and I've started to do music stuff, or, like, we've been working on other types of stuff, and he knows how to do everything, or I'm an idiot, I can't do anything, he's a great music producer and songwriter, and, like, I don't know how to work the computer, basically, and he can do everything. So it's great, we're a good little production team. I'm like, we should do this, and he's like, well, here's how we actually do it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, great. That's great. Well, hey, this time next year, I'd like to go to Weekend 2 and get an artist pass <laughs> uh-huh. to see Kevin McHale. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's a stretch, but sure. Listen, <laughs> I, it's out there. It's in the world now. We've secreted it. That is the, yes. the only act I would genuinely like to see <laughs> yeah. if you were there this year. Well, Kevin, thanks. Thank thanks. you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. Kevin McHale, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. He's a dream. Uh, He's a charmer. He really is. Um, I felt very seen by him. Great eye contact. Yeah. Piercing. Yeah. Uh, And I always always think of, um, just going back to the leftovers, my girl Ann Dowd, who said to Justin Thoreau, Kevin, Kevin, oh, Kevin, 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 (laughs) Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. (laughs) Any any Kevin that comes on our show, I just hear that oh, the whole time. Uh, Kevin Spacey, you're not welcome. Not you. Um, anyway, we're out. Yeah, we're out. And thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Ben, for the music. Hey, thank you, listener. And thank you, Hannah. We never thank Hannah. We don't thank Hannah. Hannah. Hannah busts her ass getting us She's good guests. Our, we're going to talk about her in the front of the show another time. She yeah. deserves better than the butt end of the show, which this is. But anyway... Bye. Bye. Buy the book. What book do you want me to buy? No. Buy the book. Be why the book.
It's half reality show. It's half self-help podcast. That's hard to say. I want to say health. Health, yeah. self-help podcast. Well, it's one wild social experiment. I do know that. In each episode, comedian Jolenta Greenberg and her skeptical friend Kristen Meinzer choose a different self-help book to live by for two weeks. And it's now on Stitcher Premium. Kristen and Jolenta are going to introduce their new interview series, By the Book, Authors Tell All. And for each episode of By the Book, Authors Tell All, Kristen and Jolenta speak with a different self-help author. Some of the authors you know because they've been featured on By the Book, like Dan Harris. Others you'll know because they're well-known and respected, like Gretchen Rubin. Plus, Kristen and Jolenta field listener questions for some of your favorite By the Book authors. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code HOMOPHILIA, and you're going to want it because we've got a Stitcher Premium uh, miniseries coming out soon. Oh, yes, we do. And also, you can listen to Lost and Found while you're there. Yes! And bonus episodes of uh, Bitch Sesh, which I'm on, and there's a bunch of great stuff. Stitcher Premium's worth it. Get a free month. Stitcherpremium.com. Promo code HOMOPHILIA. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.